Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Join Rabbi Michael Siegel from Ad Shamit Synagogue and author Jonathan Eig as they talk about this week's Torah portion of Yitro. Is all killing murder? Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Rabbi. Are you for or against capital punishment? I am strongly against it. Um, you know, I actually witnessed an execution when I was a young reporter in New Orleans um, covering the state penitentiary. And I was against it then, and I came away after witnessing it even more opposed to it. Just in brief, we don't have to go through all the terrible details, but why was that reinforced in your mind? I think it was the fact that it was so cold and official and, you know, it's done under our government sanction. It's done with our taxpayer money. And it was such a clean and, you know, be almost bureaucratic process that it, it shook me even more than if I had perhaps, you know, witnessed a, you know, a violent outburst, uh, you know, a murderer on the streets, because it just felt like we were all complicit in this decision that, you know, another man's life should be taken. And it just felt like something that I had no right to be complicit in. It's interesting that the Torah begins with a command, well, not a command, but it begins with celebrating the sanctity of human life. Human beings are created at the pinnacle of the creation. Uh, Cain and Abel, the entire story, when Cain murders his brother Abel, you know, his blood cries out from the ground, according to God. Hmm. And you have this strong sense that a life has to be given for a life because of the value of human life. So that you have this strange balance, this tension, you know, as you were uh, speaking so eloquently about what you witnessed, there was something, you know, not only cold bureaucratic, but also watching a human life being taken under legal auspices, and you're yeah. a witness to it, affected you deeply. But at the same time, the Torah is going to say that sometimes capital punishment is a form of justice. Yeah. And so it's a hard, it's a hard issue. And I bring it up because in this week's Torah portion, you have the people of Israel standing at Sinai, and they receive the Torah, which is encapsulated in the Aserat HaDibrot, in the Ten Commandments. The first of the commandments are commandments between human beings and God, right? Uh, don't take the God's name in vain, things of, like of that nature. But the second half of the Ten Commandments are talking about laws between human beings. So don't commit adultery, don't steal. And then you have, or actually begins this process, Lo Tirzach, do not murder. So on the one hand, you might think that it says, you know, don't murder. So you might say that capital punishment would be a form of murder. Or you might say that uh, a war is a form of murder, right? I mean, that's, I mean, how would you read it? Well, I, I wouldn't say those things are murder. I'm not a lawyer and I don't know the legal doctrine, but I think that state-sanctioned killing is maybe ethically wrong in, in someone's opinion, but it's not the same as a murder, which is, I suspect, a different legal definition. You know, um, murder is done violently, often, you know, emotionally, um, not planned. I, I suspect there's a, there, are, there are differences, and it just strikes me that there's a difference between murder and killing. I really, I like what you're saying, and I think it'll be 
uh, proud to know that your thinking is aligned with the rabbis. Oh, that's nice for a change. Not for a change. <laughs> the evolution, I'm telling you, you're going to get ordained at the end of this. Um, but you're 100% right. What the, how the, the rabbis understand this is lotir tzach is different than laharog. In Hebrew, is to kill someone. But tirzach is, according to their interpretation, an illegal killing, a murder, right? So when Cain kills Abel, he was guilty of lo tirzach because what he was doing, he had no, whatever justification he had in his mind was, was not a justification for murder. And so he was guilty of that. And so murder is, um, is devaluing a human life and simply taking it for your own benefit, whatever that, whatever you might think that is. Mm -hmm. That makes an interesting distinction because in the same book of the Torah, you're going to have, as we said, we've talked about cause for capital punishment. Which, by the way, is a commandment. It's not like in the you know in the Torah, if you have a situation where you uh, where someone's liable for capital punishment, at least according to the Torah, you're not allowed to not fulfill that. Hmm. And what the rabbis are going to do in a kind of a remarkable rabbinic sleight of hand is they're going to create such a high bar for proving that capital punishment uh, is warranted that it'd be virtually impossible. Right. I mean, there's all kinds of things that they would have to do. And the rabbis go into great detail about that. Maybe that comes from living in Rome, where human life was being devalued at every turn. And so we don't want to be like them. But the Torah is also a book that speaks about just wars. There are wars that you are commanded to fight. And there is a just war theory in the, in the Torah and in Jewish law that uh, under certain circumstances, you are obligated to fight. There are things that you cannot overlook. There are times when you can negotiate, but of course, war is the worst form of politics. But when you've used up every other option, sometimes war is the only option. And so there are those that would say, a pacifist would say, that this is murder too. Killing in war would be considered to be murder, where the Torah is making a very clear distinction between Tirzach, which is illegal murder, Laharog, which is to kill, but in the, in the context of justice, you might be able to do that, or in terms of a just war. Yeah, uh, it, it's really complicated because I, I want to pick up on something you referred to just a minute ago about the value of life. Um, it's very hard to maintain uh, the value of life and appreciation that we are all God's children when sometimes we also argue that war is justified and that in war, soldiers as well as innocent civilians are often killed. And, and that's just, um, you know, these are values that come into conflict and, and are really difficult to wrestle with. And, and I can understand why pacifists would argue that war is never justified because it's always going to be messy and it's always going to be difficult to say that you're, you're adhering to moral values once, once a war begins. I don't think there's a question about it. You might say, I'm going to picking up on, on the flow of your, your thinking, you might say if the Torah starts out with the holiness of life 
and the holiness of human life, that pacifism would be the logical next step. But you could argue against that and say that pacifism can open the door to the worst sorts of immorality. In other words, if the Third Reich would have been met with pacifism mm. after they had gone to the Sudland and then they had gone to Poland or Czechoslovakia, etc., and then entered Poland, we simply say, better not to fight, you know, a better day will come, we'll figure another way, we will be given over to the Third Reich. And so pacifism can lead to remarkably immoral outcomes. I totally get it. And we can go around on this and we should, I think, talk about it because the, you know, the, the alternative is that, you know, how do you fight a just war? You know, war, as, as Dr. King and other pacifists have said, you know, has the effect of, of rotting our souls, that it, it leads us to, to change our values, to, to build up our military at the, at the expense of caring for our own citizens and to see others in the world as prospective foes. And it, it just changes your values. So how do you find that balance between accepting the inevitability of war and trying to be a moral person? That's the question. And we are seeing this issue loom large. Israel is in the midst of a horrible war, yeah. horrible war that has being that is being covered in excruciating detail on a daily basis. From the perspective of Jewish law, there is no question that this is a just war. Israel was brutally attacked, as you know, on October 7th, and its enemy Hamas has said directly that if given the opportunity, it will do this again. And again, because the only solution for Hamas is the destruction of the, the only Jewish state, the state of Israel. That's the only solution. They're not looking for a two-state solution. If they, they see the West Bank is occupied to push Israel out of that, they were attacking on land that was part of the original petition plan in 1947. There's, nothing, there's, there's no dispute Mm -hmm. over the land itself, this was murder and rape and pillage in its purest form. No country would allow this, and no one can question the morality of Israel entering into war. Having said that, you can have a just war, but are you waging that war justly? That's the question that we are faced with right now. Yeah, and it gets back to what I said earlier about the virtual impossibility of waging a just war and coming out of it with your morals intact because war is messy and, and war in, inclines us to drop our our higher ideals of human behavior and to win because the alternative is, is unspeakable. Where does that leave us? Is, is it possible? I guess I would put to you, is it possible to truly fight a just war justly? I think perhaps if the war was being waged by computers, mm. Human beings are prone to rage. Human beings are prone to error and mistakes are made. And yeah. part of this particular war, which makes this war, I think, unique, is that the enemy, Hamas, sees its population as part of the war effort. The more Gazan, Palestinian Gazans who are killed in this conflict, the better because the world won't look away from that, right? So we, we, I don't need to 
I don't need to review where Hamas builds its tunnels and under hospitals, under schools and sort of, you know, under homes. And so if you're going to try to root this implacable enemy from Gaza, you're going to have to do some really horrible things like moving the population or going into tunnels. And on top of it, you have an enemy that doesn't care. It cares more about itself than its people. And so when you're trying to bring aid in, Hamas is taking the aid. And you have a lot of, this has been verified again and again. We try to send medicine in, Hamas takes the medicine. So how do you fight this kind of enemy in a just war? That's the impossibility of this moment. How, how can you say, and you look at what's happened, how do you say, well, this isn't murder. This is a just war. The turn that the world has taken very quickly on this war uh, against Israel has been breathtaking. But I think what's happening in the Torah reading this week is putting its finger right on the issue that we're faced with. Most of the world would say what Israel is engaged in is the murder of a civilian population. And Israelis who see this as an existential war are saying, wait a minute, there are hostages here, and this is an existential war against us. And I think this is a war against the West in general. This is just the beginning. This is the opening salvo. Israel is the canary in the coal mine. And I think that if we're not careful, we're going to find ourselves in a world war um, go, going out, coming out of this. But my, my question is, how do you make the distinction? Can, can we stop now? Because I've lost all hope. Um, I agree with, with what you're saying. And I think the forces of chaos are unleashed. And, and that's exactly what the attackers wanted in the first place. And once you unleash those forces of chaos, you just see more and more violence. That's about it. So I guess we're going to end this on a down note. And I'm sorry to do that. Yeah, and I, well, that's where I, we are in the world right now. At the same time, I would also say that the conversations like this are vital. These are hard conversations. And I know that for the two of us, look, you're a writer. You've thought deeply about ethical issues through, the, through your writing, through the people you've written about. And I've devoted my life to studying Jewish text and teaching. And as strongly as I feel about the justness of this war, there's a moral conundrum that we struggle with. War is hell. And we are in the midst of hell. And how do we maintain our morality in the midst of hell? And I'm sorry to say, and then I, I'll end this on a note that I'm sure is going to be cringeworthy for some. But I wish that the supporters, that Hamas and its supporters would be having conversations about the morality of this war as well. When you see signs that say, by all means necessary... What they're saying is, throw the morality issues out. The morality issues only apply to Israel because it's the oppressor. Mm -hmm. Because Hamas are, portray themselves as the victims here, or the Palestinians portray themselves as the victim, there's no moral code. I, I don't think we're going to come to any sort of solution until both sides understand that there's a moral code that applies both ways. Well, I hope we see that happen. God willing. Thank you, Jonathan.